Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven on this Monday, March 28th. It is so good to be with you today. Uh, I am Adam Wright, and this is Roadmap to Heaven. Let's begin our morning as we always do in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. And we continue to entrust the situation in Ukraine to the intercession of the Blessed Mother as we pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is so very good to be with you today. Um, I don't know about you. I had a great, great weekend. Oh, you know, it, it, it really was tremendous. Um, we had our Radiothon last week. You know that if you tuned in and you said, where's Roadmap to Heaven? Well, they're on there having fun. And by the way, thank you to everyone who called in on that. Uh, we're very, very grateful for your support. Uh, shows like this don't happen without the uh, support of listeners like you calling in for our Radiothon. Um, but then Friday night, you know, spent some time with some friends. And then Saturday, spent the day with the family culminating in Saturday night, really Saturday night, Sunday morning, great date night with Beth that we went to, uh, you know, if you tune into the show, you hear their music, a band called We the Kingdom. I play them a lot. I love this band. I really do. They uh, they first came onto my radar screen a little over two years ago, probably about two years, three months ago, and immediately uh, went to the top of my playlist, right? Because I just, there. when I pray, I pray in a myriad of different ways. And, and honestly, right now, and, and for the longest while, my favorite has just been silent, quiet prayer, especially the rosary and then some time of contemplation, some time of mental prayer. But I also like to pump myself up, too, at other points in the day. Like, I like my quiet time, and, and there's a lot of grace received in that quiet time, at least I hope, um, if I can get out of the way, right? But I also like to be energized sometimes, and, and good music has a great way of doing that. And there was just something about their music. So Saturday night, my kids spent the night with my in-laws. Our kids spent the night with the in-laws. And uh, Beth and I, we went and got takeout sushi and ate in our van in the parking garage just so we would get there early and, and, and enjoy the entire experience. We went early and went to the meet and greet with the band and the, the Q&A. And it was just really something. But then for the first time in a long time, we were gathered in this arena with, I don't even know how many thousand people. I really don't. I didn't ask. I didn't, I didn't count. Um, but everybody there for one reason, just to pray and to sing and to have a wholesome, good time. And at the end of the night, 
you know, you, you looked at the stage and you saw these two things and you said, I think I know what those are. I am willing to bet there's going to be confetti later on. And sure enough, it was like a blizzard of confetti. Um, and Beth and I looked at each other and, and we just said, you know, these are the times that help lift us up and get us through the hard times. And praise God for the good times and praise God for the hard times. That's a little bit of Job for you there, a little bit of Job's spirituality. And so anyway, Sunday morning we went to Mass together. It was absolutely lovely. It's We love going to Mass with our children. We love the opportunity to go to Mass, just the two of us. And then Sunday kind of fell apart. One of the kids uh, had a little bit of an infection going on and had to go get some antibiotics and, and get it looked at and, and all of that. And so we immediately went from the good times where we're both, both just in sync with one another to the hard times, right? I'm not, I'm not sharing this with you to, to give you the life and times of Adam Wright as if your, your day is incomplete without it, but, but just to share this witness that every day I do this midday exam, and I've shared it with you before, and I say look for something you're grateful for and then look for that area that you need grace throughout the day. Don't wait until the day is over to do this. Do this middle of the day before it's bedtime. You know, because when it's bedtime, the day's over. You can't turn it around anymore. You're going to bed. Your next chance to turn it around is the next day, right? But midday to say, God, you know, I can see you're working in my life in this way, and I'm so grateful for that. And then to say, and I see that this is an area where I am wholly dependent upon you. And I was so grateful for the witness uh, that one of the singers in the band shared about how he grew up in the church and then fell away from the church and fell into a life of darkness and darkness and darkness. And when he looks at where he was and where he is now, he said it doesn't make him think about how great he is. It makes him think about how great God is, that he would still work in a soul that earnestly wants to go to him, a humble, repentant, contrite soul. So that coupled with the gospel yesterday of the prodigal son it was just a very moving, moving weekend. And, you know, you, you listening to this show, you, our listeners, probably get all of this. But if there's one last thought I want to leave you with today in this introduction, it's don't keep that to yourself. Share that witness that you have, that only you have. Share that witness with your loved ones, with your friends and with the world. We do have a lot on the show for you today. We're going to hear from Father Bill Peckman. Again, he was on with us just two weeks ago to talk about his book on spiritual warfare. And today he's going to talk about some opportunities for those of you in our listening area, particularly in the state of Missouri for some summer camps for youth. And then later on, we're going to talk with Kristalina Evert. Uh, you know, you talk about the good times in marriage and then the, the difficult times. Well, one of the difficult times for any parent whose children are getting older is how do we talk about chastity with our children? And how do we talk about the changes their bodies will go through? And, uh, you know, raising my hand to say, that's an awkward conversation that I don't know that I'm necessarily prepared for, but it's a it's a very necessary conversation, and uh, it's one especially that parents have to be willing to engage in. So, uh, without getting into the, the the details of it, I'll just tell you if if you are wondering how you're going to have that conversation, you want to stay tuned to hear from Kristalina a little later on in the show. I know it's a little chilly out there this morning. Hopefully it's going to get warmer, but the one person who knows that for sure is Mike Roberts. So let's go to him now for a check of today's weather. 
Today is the feast day of St. Martin of Braga. Born in 520 in what is now Hungary, little is known about his early years except that he had a Greek education. However, we do know that when Martin was a young man, he made a pilgrimage to Palestine, becoming a monk. There, he met another group of pilgrims with whom he traveled to Portugal, or what is now known as Portugal, to bring the word of the Lord to those who had not heard it, but also to fight a heresy which denied Christ's humanity. Taking a strategic approach, he befriended the king, Theodomer, and won the admiration of the whole royal family. Then he converted the king and his entire court before moving on to their subjects. Martin founded numerous monasteries, became a prolific writer especially known for his moral teaching, and spent more than a quarter of a century growing the new Christian community. He was successful also in rooting out the last remnants of paganism. In 550, he was made bishop, and then after that, the Archbishop of Braga. He died in 580. St. Martin of Braga, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's hard to believe that spring break is now past for many of us. I'm not saying for all of us, but for most of us, spring break week is a thing of the past. And many of you parents out there, like myself, are starting to think ahead to the summer. Registration is now open for a lot of summer programs and camps. And, you know, here to tell us about a few options out there, especially for you listeners in the Diocese of Jefferson City, is Father Bill Peckman. Father was just with us a few weeks ago talking about his book, Spiritual Warfare for Young Catholics. Father, it's good to have you back with us today. Thank you. All right. So, Father, I'm trying to think of these things that we can do. And and I know one thing, that with the formation of my children over the summer, that's really my primary goal is, is in that one word, formation. I want them to have fun this summer. But I want them to grow in their knowledge of our faith. I want them to grow in love for the Lord. And that does not mean they can't have fun. Uh, They actually can do both. Is that not right? That is absolutely correct. All right. So you've got some things you want to bring to our attention for our listeners. Okay. And uh, there's three camps that... Uh, the Diocese of Jefferson City runs, although in years past we have had um, kids from, I think, six or seven states. We regularly have kids from the St. Louis and Kansas City areas. So it's not just open to Jefferson City, but to whoever applies. So the first camp is a camp that I helped co-found back in 2009 called Camp Maccabee. It is a camp for high school boys um, who will be in high school in the next academic year, so current eighth graders or juniors. And it is a leadership camp. Um, we focus a lot on the virtues, and we have a lot of fun in what we do. There are elements of prayer, so we have Mass every day, morning prayer, evening prayer, and Compline. Um, we have time for Eucharist adoration, for confessions, for rosary. But we also do a lot of outdoor adventures. We have everything from float trips to a mile-long obstacle course, uh, low ropes course, fly fishing, uh, hiking, uh, photo scavenger hunts. So there's a lot of activities that go on during the day, and we want to mix that idea of faith and fun with an eye toward forming leaders within our church. I think that sounds absolutely wonderful. I, I'm hearing a mile-long obstacle course, and I'm thinking, 
I wonder if I could have done that when I was in high school. And I think the answer is certain now that it, it'd be a push for me. But I, I'd like to think that I could. I'm also thinking this sounds great, uh, especially for boys. This would be a fun, fun time and a good time for them. Uh, but for those out there listening that say, well, wait a minute, I have daughters. What about my daughters? Well, fear not, because Father yes. has an option for you as well. Yes, we call it Camp Siena, and it is designed also as a leadership camp um, to form young ladies to be leaders within the church and within their parishes. And um, it also has a similar theme as far as, you know, pushing on the virtues and what does it mean to be a young lady in this culture who is Catholic. They also have a lot of um, outdoor activities. In the past, they've done the same obstacle course that the boys have done at Camp Maccabee. Uh, they also do horseback riding, hiking. Um, I, in years past, they have worked at a camp for special needs students one of the days, trying to give them an experience of service. That has always gone over very well. And again, it's very similar in nature to Camp Maccabee, and just we're wanting to form leaders and have fun when we're doing while we're doing it. Yeah, and I think a great, great patroness for that camp, St. Catherine of Siena. Um, I'm still, you know, I, I have two uh, friends, they're twin brothers, and we always refer to them. They, they, they said, we'd like to be the Maccabees brothers. We're just short a couple of brothers on this. And we said, why? And they said, well, because because that name means the hammer, and, and we'd like to be thought of as the hammer. They were both wrestlers, so they enjoyed that okay. quite a bit. Um, but I, I think this is really great. Boys in high school being trained in leadership and how to become men in a world that really has lost the definition of what it means to be a man. Same thing for girls who are becoming young women uh, in a world that doesn't even know what a woman is or how to treat a woman or, or what a woman should be. Uh, being formed in our faith. This is and having fun. That's above all else, yeah. faith and fun, not faith or fun. This is a great opportunity. But wait, there's more, right? This is this is what I love there about this. More. There is more if you're saying, all right, but my kids are going to be in junior high. They're not even in high school. Well, now is now is your time to shine, Father. Tell us about, yes. uh, I, I love this one, Camp Lolek. It's a great yes. name for those who know it. Uh, it is um, a brand new camp where this is our uh, first year. They're both, like Camp Maccabee and Camp Siena, the sessions are single gender. And so... The boys will be first, and then we'll have the girls later on in the week. And it also is going to follow that prototype of, you know, the elements of prayer and Mass, um, so that we understand that faith is an essential component to who we are. But also there's going to be a lot of outdoor activities, everything from fishing. I, I think we're going to do a lot of outdoor activities. We're going to borrow some things from Camp Maccabee, like our disc golf set and a lot of uh, yard games along that line. And we're still kind of developing um, what the fun activities are going to be. And the camp that we're going to be at, which is outside of Lebanon, Missouri, just affords us all kinds of possibilities. I believe yeah, it does even have a pool. So um, it'll be a three-day camp as opposed to a four- or five-day camp, which the other ones are for high school. And... I am going to be at both of the Maccabees and the boys' session of uh, Lolek. 
Wonderful. And Lolak, if you're wondering, by the way, uh, Lolak was a nickname for St. John Paul II, and I first heard that. It was actually Father Stan Fortuna singing about uh, John Paul II, and I was like, Lolak? I I thought his name was Carol, and then I came to learn, you know, that was his nickname that they called him as a boy. Father, I think all these things are wonderful, and, you know, we've been stressing the idea that it's not just faith or fun. It's both faith and fun. I wonder if you could speak for a moment about the value of combining those two and having like-minded people. I mean, I think a lot of the times the world looks at the church and says, well, you're just a bunch of outdated stoic people that are more interested in quiet piety and uh, whatnot. You, you don't even know how to have fun. But there's something about coming together with other people of faith to not just grow in our faith, but to do these things like the obstacle course or the swimming or the float trip, that that in and of itself has value. Well, uh, part of it is we want them to understand also that we build the bonds of relationship with God and each other, and that that's not a dreary exercise, but one that is joyful and has long-lasting value. So I'll give an example with the... um, Maccabee with the obstacle course. We send them in teams, so it's not an individual event. And we're more on the focus of them acting as a team. So we'll purposely put kids that aren't terribly athletic with kids that are athletic, and then encourage you know those who have um, more athletic gifts to help those who don't. But then we have a low ropes course where it's more an exercise of the brain, <laughs> And so the kids that um, excel in that are given their opportunity to put their gifts in there and to build this bond throughout the week so that they understand that that relationship component of both as the body of Christ and relating to Christ himself is important and necessary. And that, again, we can do this with a great deal of joy. Yeah, I love it. Well, Father, where can our listeners go for more information on these camps? All three camps can be found at our website for the diocese, dio, so D-I-O, jeffcity.org, backslash youth ministry. I think there's a hyphen between youth and ministry. All right, dio.jeffcity.org, backslash youth ministry, and possibly with that hyphen in there. But if not, just go to the diojeffcity.org and go to the menu and find youth ministry, and you will be connected. So again, Camp Maccabees for boys entering freshman year through junior year, so current eighth graders going into their freshman year through current juniors going into their senior year. Uh, Same thing for girls with Camp Siena, and then for those entering junior high Camp Lolek. Father Bill Peckman, I want to thank you for sharing these opportunities for us. I know you get uh, campers really from all over the state of Missouri, so I I encourage you all, um, if you're looking for an activity, find a good Catholic activity like this near you. Father, could you close us with a prayer, please? Yes, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for bringing us here and giving this opportunity to look at the possibilities for this summer. We ask you to stir our hearts to seek the good of our children and their formation and to give them opportunities to develop that formation in a way that will be lasting and bear fruit into the future. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this break. It is time for the catechism. And so we have a, a true or false question for you today. True or false, chastity is expected of all people, 
even married couples. Chastity is expected of all people, even married couples. The answer is true. In fact, we read in the Catechism of the, Ch- of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2348, quote, all the baptized are called to chastity. The Christian has put on Christ, the model for all chastity. All Christ's faithful are called to lead a chaste life in keeping with their particular states of life. At the moment of his baptism, the Christian is pledged to lead his effective life in chastity. So this idea that, oh, you know, once you're married, anything's fair game, right? No. Um, but here's here's what I love about this teaching. This is, if, if you've never read this section of the catechism in the early 2300 paragraph numbers, that was 2348. I really would love to read you paragraph 2339, and so I will. Uh, Chastity includes an apprenticeship in self-mastery, which is a training in human freedom. The alternative is clear. Either man governs his passions and finds peace, or he lets himself be dominated by them and becomes unhappy. Can I read that again to you? Either man governs his passions and finds peace, or lets himself be dominated by them and becomes unhappy. Man's dignity, therefore, requires him to act out of conscious and free choices, moved and drawn in a personal way from within and not by blind impulses in himself or by mere external constraint. Man gains such dignity when, ridding himself of all slavery to passions, he presses forward to his goal by freely choosing what is good and by his diligence and skill, effectively secures for himself the means suited to this end. There is so much beauty to unpack in this paragraph that we unfortunately don't have time for. But two things that I I take away from this. Number one, I love that the catechism calls it an apprenticeship in self-mastery because how many of us out there are trying to, whether it's with chastity or some other form of temperance, because chastity at the end of the day is a, one of the cardinal, it, it falls under that cardinal virtue of temperance, right? Um, that's later on in the catechism in a paragraph I didn't read from this section. But when we're trying to exercise temperance, whether it's with matters related to chastity or, or gluttony or drink or whatever it may be, um, that we do well and we do well and we do great and we do great and we do great until we don't. And then we say, I'm supposed to have mastered this by now. Well, let's not forget, we're apprentices in this. Now, that's not an excuse to go out and make a mistake, right? Don't, don't hear me say that. But we're learning it. This whole life is a process of learning it, and when you make a mistake, you go back to who? The master. You confess with a contrite heart, and then you get up and you keep trying to master the skill. You know, it's such a great thing. And I would just say this. I forget what food it was. There was a commercial years and years and years ago, but you can't have just one. Well, that's chastity for us, but you can't. Have just one. No, we're not going to say, oh, I, I, I'm going to be a slave to this. I'm going to not be a slave to it. Because once you taste sin, you want more, and it's never going to be fulfilling. So don't even get into those waters if, you, if, you, you know, if at all possible. Don't. Don't. Avoid temptation. Avoid temptation. And like I said, when you fall, when you fail, go to confession and start over again. 
We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Our next guest is someone you may have heard at 11 a.m. on Saturdays right here, Kristalina Everett, host of Women Made New on EWTN Radio. Kristalina, it's so good to have you with us today. Thank you for having me, Adam. It's a pleasure and an honor. All right. So, Kristalina, I, I, I talk about my family a lot on the show, and I, I, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to give out too much information, but let's just put it this way. My daughters always love when the bags of hand-me-down clothes come from their aunt to our house, and uh, some clothes came that they had not been exposed to yet because they didn't have the need for these particular garments. And so it started a whole conversation on... Daddy, what's this? And I was like, oh, I knew this day was coming, and I knew I was going to have to talk about these things with my wife. I didn't know it was going to be today, Lord. Uh, Beth, where are you? Uh, where's your mom? Let's, let's, let's bring her into this. Uh, you know, chastity and sexuality and just the human body, those are things that we are going to have to talk about. As the first educators of our children, we are going to have to talk about them with our children. And as much as I think I'm ready for these conversations— at the end of the day, I know I could always be a little bit more ready for these conversations. That's right. That's you're the right. you're the expert. So let's dive into this. Where do we begin to get ourselves ready for these conversations with our children? You begin once in prayer, right? I always just start in prayer and like, Lord Jesus, please let me always guide my kids in the right direction and say the things you want me to say, right? And the Holy Spirit really does kind of guide you and help you in that. But the real nitty-gritty of life and how you can approach this is really at a young age. And I would say right now my son is two years old, okay? And I am just telling him that he is wonderfully made. God made him wonderful and amazing, and he is a little boy. And in our day and age, we really have to define that for our children and constantly give them this reminder, unfortunately, that you are a wonderfully made little boy. You are a wonderfully made little girl, you know, and make sure that they are grounded in who they are and what God made them to be. And with that being said, I started at an incredibly young age, just with simple things like that, with little books of, of how beautiful it is to be a boy or a girl, and having that one big sex talk with your kids, I really honestly think is very irresponsible. I think it is something that needs to be done consistently throughout their life, that it is literally just normal. It's a normalcy. It's something you talk about. It's an open conversation. It's not some big poo-poo topic if they bring something up. And um, example, my little girl was having a bath, and my, my she's older, and I got her out, and they started getting the baby ready to put in the bath. She's like, oh, mommy. And she, and she started asking different questions, the differences between them. And it was a very nonchalant approach that I had towards that circumstance because it's like, oh, well, we'll talk about that later, or, or kind of being embarrassed or showing your own insecurities. It's not something you really want to do with your children. And if there is some sort of insecurity that you have on talking about sexuality with your kids, well, then you as a parent need to kind of go deeper as to, well, why are you? Why are you uncomfortable with that? What's the problem? Maybe it's because you have issues from your own past or sins that you haven't dealt with or things happened to you when you were younger and it's a harder topic. And if those types of things are going on, I would highly encourage the parents to dive into that, pray into that, 
and even maybe go to counseling because this is something that you really should be discussing throughout the, the years with your children and having to be open and honest with you. It's the best thing you can do. And I've done it with my own kids and I have teenagers now and they don't have a problem coming and talking with me. It's very nonchalant. It's, we have a very open communication and that's a foundation you want to start when they're little. I, I, I could not agree more. And it's one of those things that at a certain point when they were little and, you know, I've got one boy and four girls and at a certain point they all noticed the plumbing's different. And uh, they, they said, <laughs> they said, why is that? And I said, well, that's just how boys are. And that's just how girls are because that's how God made boys and that's how God made yes. girls. And, uh-huh. you know, we, we don't have to come up with some super deep philosophical reason to say that the basic science is this is what male is, this is what female is. Now, at a certain point, though, I remember with our oldest, uh, he came home and he said something, and then our our next oldest, they're only about 20 months apart, said, oh, yeah, so-and-so at school said, and Beth and I just looked at each other and said, all right, this is a part of parenting that we knew we were signing up for, and we have a decision to make. Do we want our children's first exposure? And this was a really benign thing. It's not even worth bringing up what it was, but it was a very benign thing. But we knew that deeper things were going to be coming down the road here in parenting. Do we want to be the first ones to bring these concepts up with our children, or do we want so-and-so at school on the playground at recess to be the first one to bring these up? Or, uh, you know, even scarier scenario – you know, we moderate their technology use pretty heavily, but that doesn't mean their their friends don't have heavily moderated technological exactly. use. Exactly. Do we mm-hmm. want them to find out, you know, directly from the internet or through a friend who found out on the internet a really crazy idea that is completely false and unholy? Mm-hmm. Time to roll up our sleeves and be parents, right? <laughs> yes, and planting those little seeds, right? Those evil little seeds that are very confusing to them. And they know something's wrong, they've seen something, but they're not sure about it, and they don't want to bring it up to you because it's like, well, it sounds weird, I don't know. You know, they're questioning themselves, and because that, that happened to my daughter. I said, well, why didn't you tell me about it? Or she goes, I don't know, it just seemed weird, Mommy, you know? And I'm like, well, it was weird, honey, exactly. You know, but these are things we talked about. And I want to warn parents that they download these little games on their phone, and they seem incredibly innocent, but you have to understand that if you're just downloading some free game on your phone and handing your phone to your child, there are commercials that my children have seen the most inappropriate things on these gaming commercials in between the game that they're playing. So be warned that if you're downloading some free games, there are incredibly inappropriate things happening on that phone. And it, it happens in a split second. And then it goes back to this really innocent game they're playing. So be aware of that. Oh yeah. And second, I would highly recommend if you have a hard time, especially um, a mom, talking with your daughter or or your son, the father, about sexuality or just about basic self-care, because it really needs to start with their basic self-care. When they hit puberty and there's so many questions and there's so much confusing things going on, handing your kid a book to go read for 15 minutes and it's done, like, oh, that's done, oh, thank God, because a lot of kids have done that um, with the, the school that we go to. And we go to a really good Catholic school, and a lot of parents have just handed over some book and said, okay, we'll read this. And that's what's going on with life. You know, that is really not how to do it. It really, if anything, you should really be talking your child through those years of puberty and letting them know the changes that are going to be happening in their body, what's going to be coming. Warn them in advance so that when these things are happening to them, they're not overwhelmed. They're not scared. They think there's something wrong with them. Or is this supposed to be happening? Like, it's a little bit scary, too. And you want to be the person 
that knows what they're talking about, that they can go to that's knowledgeable about what's happening and that it's okay. My mom talked to me about this. It's not a big deal. Or my dad talked to me about this. It's not a big deal. This is what's supposed to be happening. And like I, I told my daughter, well, this is what's supposed to be happening. And that means you're healthy, honey. I told my son that. That means you're healthy, honey. It's exactly what's supposed to be happening. There's nothing to worry about, you know? But they have their own little fears and worries and anxieties of things happening, even just through the years of puberty that parents are completely overlooking and not dealing with. And that really is the foundation right there of their bodies changing and entering them into manhood and womanhood. And if that's not even being addressed, they're starting right off the bat with insecurities about their own body and what's happening and and kind of going into life like, a little like, oh my gosh, what what's next, you know? And you don't want your child doing that. And maybe get a journal. If you're insecure about questions or things happening in their lives that you're not sure about, say, well, look, especially I did this with my daughter. If you have any questions with what's going on and maybe it just comes up out of nowhere or something happens, write this down. And then I'll go look and I'll look at it and then I'll either, I know the answer, I'll find the answer, and then I could write you something back, honey. And we kind of started that a little bit, but then she just got comfortable talking with me that we didn't even have to use the journal as a mediator almost, you know, for those insecure, hard questions that you may have. But start that when they're young. Start that when they're nine. Leave little notes to them, telling them I love you, you're beautiful, you're wonderfully made. And then she'll write something back and vice versa. And Men, fathers, please spend time with your sons. Teach them how to treat women. Teach them how to look at women. Teach them, even when you're walking through the mall, I did it with all of my kids and, and the different ads and things. I use that as teaching moments. And I even taught my daughter with makeup. Look at that woman, how she does her makeup in that ad. And look at how this woman does her makeup in her ad. Now, which one do you think is prettier? And nine times out of ten, it was always the woman who didn't have it caked on and it was out of control. But really, the subtle beauty they would always gravitate towards. So use the examples around you not to like poo-poo it, but to bring it to light and show God's goodness in all things. You know, how many times in life, men listening, and I know you're out there listening, uh, have we said to ourselves, wow, I wish I would have known that when I was younger. I think back, yeah. Crystalina, to when I was, you know, dating and relationships. And, yes. you know, if I would have just been direct, I would like to take you on a date. May I take you to dinner and then to go to insert whatever yes. activity was planned instead of, hey, do you want to hang out Friday night? Um, yeah. You know, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> that I would have had a lot more success in getting a yes to a date if I would have just exactly. been direct. Well, you know what? Things I wish I would have known when I was younger instead of writing a book about it, I have a son. I should be teaching him these things. Uh, my, my friend Dan, who's on our show regularly, we were talking about this the other day at lunch, that every man we've met who has embraced the life of faith, no matter where it was in their life journey, has said, I wish I would have done this sooner. And I think these conversations with our children, instead of running away, I think years down the road, yeah. we'd all be saying, I wish I would have been ready for this sooner. And I think that's that's the lesson for us today. And Kristalina, you reminded me of something too, that it's okay for us to say we don't know, but we know where to go and find a good answer, which our children might not. So if they ask that question, we don't know, it's okay to say, oh, yeah. Oh, that's the one-liner. Make sure that is in your vocabulary. You know what, son? I don't know much about that, but I'm going to find out and I'll let you know. And you find everything you can and you go back knowledgeable and confident and they'll know, look, I can ask my mom. They'll find out. I'll ask my mom because that's what my daughter has done with some of her. Well, I can ask my mom and find out that for you, you know, and I'm kind of the person they go to. But that's good, and that's what they need, and they need confidence. And, and if you don't have confidence in your parenting, and maybe it's all clogged up with insecurities and fear and everything else, 
ask God to help you get past that, because if you don't get past that, the world will eat your children alive. Yeah, And you yeah. sitting back, wrapped up in your own fears and insecurities, you're allowing that to happen. And don't do that, because the world is vicious, and they will take everything from your children that they can, all the innocence and the purity that we want to protect and hold true. They will rob that of your children in two seconds if it can. And so if you don't be the gatekeeper, nobody else is going to do it for you. And don't rely on the school, because if anything, they're corrupting your children, not helping your children. And one of the last points I want to make is that all the different mistakes that you may have done in your life and the things that you say, I wish I would have done that differently. You know what, parent, make a list of that. Make a list of the things you wish your parents would have talked to you about. Make a list of the things you wish you would not have done. And slowly over time and the appropriate times, talk to your kids about that. Let them know the lessons that you learned from that. Or or just give them the knowledge of, look, don't do this. These are the things that are going to happen. And don't make it some secret because you want them to look at you like you're perfect because they know you're not. They've seen your mistakes. They see you sin. They see you do everything. Same with me and my children. They see it all, and they know what's going on. And so just to be honest with them and with yourselves and just ask God and the Holy Spirit for guidance, but if anything, do not leave them to the ways of the world, because they will go find out, especially about their sexuality, if you're not teaching them. And a book is not enough to give them one little book, and, oh, that's done, that's over with. Just That's leaving them to the lions, and you don't want to do that as a parent. You're bigger and stronger than that, and God expects more of us, frankly. And he'll that. give us the grace to do it, too, because, friends, we, right. we can do hard things. It's, you know, yeah, we, we we're are able to for do it. That. Yeah. All right. Well, true story, Kristalina. The year was 2000. It, I was going into my uh, senior year of high school, and it was World Youth Day in Rome. And we were over there seeing all of the holy sites, and I missed out on so much because I was more interested in, I wonder if I could get her to go out with me when we get back to St. Louis, than uh, the fact that I was standing at the Colosseum or in St. Peter's Basilica or in the Sistine Chapel, you know. And now here we are almost 20 years later, and I'm saying to myself, wow, I... I really regret those decisions, so I'm going to teach my children not to make those mistakes. Kristalina Everts, the host of Women Made New on EWTN Radio. You can hear it right here on Covenant Network Saturdays at 11. I want to thank you so much for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven this morning, Kristalina. Friends, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned for more. Normally, when we're in the final stretch of a journey, we get very excited. We see the end destination in sight. And yet, when it comes to the journey we've been walking, the stations of the cross and our daily dose of encouragement, I can't help but think of how much I try to avoid the final destination in my life. And yet, as we learned in the first week, take up your cross, our Savior said. It is a destination that we all have to pass by in this journey of life. So here to take us down the home stretch of the stations of the cross, Patty Schneier is going to break open Station 11. Patty, good to be with you today. Great to be with you again here as we are unpacking the Stations of the Cross this Lent day by day, stopping at each station, pondering them, hopefully internalizing them and making them part of your daily prayer life. So the 11th station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. What I want to encourage everybody to do right now, if you can, now if you're in your car, you cannot do this, but if you're at home and you're listening, take your thumbnail right now, take your thumbnail and push it into the palm of your other hand and hold it there while I just give this reflection the whole time. Just push your nail into your palm and feel what that feels like for a good two, three minutes as we talk about this station, the 11th station, Jesus is nailed to the cross. 
what I think of immediately is just anyone who is in pain, anyone who is in any pain today, and there's all kinds of different kinds of pain. There's physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, spiritual pain. And there are people who are in pain today. And so when I get to this station, I pray for them. You can be in back pain, neck pain, hip pain, leg pain, shoulder pain. I pray for anyone who's in pain today. I also had a profound experience one time at this station of the cross. I will never forget it. Years ago, I was in Cold Lake, Alberta, Canada. I was in a church all by myself, hanging out for hours just because I could because I was speaking there that night in that church, and I was in this church by myself, and I was praying the Stations of the Cross. And when I got to the 11th station, I'll never forget it. They had beautiful pictures of their Stations of the Cross, and I looked at the scene, and I looked at that Roman soldier nailing the cross into Jesus's hand. And I remember saying to myself, again, all silent, but in my head, saying, does that soldier even know what he's doing? Or is he completely oblivious to the pain that he is causing another human being, to the pain that he's causing our Lord? Does he even care? Or is he just trying to get the job done and get it over with? What's going on in the mind of that soldier? And then I said this to myself. I'll never forget it. I said, gosh, I would hate to be that guy. Meaning wake up and be that guy that day that got the job that was told, nail it, go do it. I will never forget this. A voice inside of me said, Patty, you are that guy. You're the Roman soldier. How many times have you been, I'm saying this to myself now, how many times, Patty Schneier, have you been oblivious to the pain that you've caused other people? How many times have I hurt people with my own words and I don't even know it? How many times have I hurt my own children? How many times have I hurt family members or friendships that I've destroyed with a careless remark or my rash judgment or my criticism? I've been oblivious to the pain that I've caused other people. And in that church, I wept that day. I wept and I wept for all the times that I know that I've been that Roman soldier. So at this station, I pray for mercy. I pray for mercy I pray in the words that our Lord said, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. And I just ask our Lord to forgive me for all the times that I'm oblivious to the pain that I cause other people. And then I also need to pray for the grace to forgive anyone who has caused me pain. So this is the station of pain. Jesus is nailed to the cross. If that's where you are in your life, if there's someone you need to forgive, Pray for the grace to forgive that person. It's a tough station, but we all need to stop here and ponder it. And now you can let your thumbnail out of your palm. Patty, if I'm being honest, I didn't make it very far into this encouragement before I wanted to remove the pain and stop the pain. And yet our Lord, who could have stopped that pain at any point, at any point, chose to endure it for you and for me. Thank you for this beautiful encouragement. So during the show today, my uh, media inboxes start just going ding, 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 ding. Something's going on. And I look and Derek Gould from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is reporting that 
they're finalizing a one-year deal for Albert Pujols to return to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, I'm a big baseball fan, right? And I haven't, I can't tell you the last time I've been able to go to a game, but I still follow. And I and I, I find myself here, you know, like trying not to pay attention to this because obviously we're doing a show and I have to focus on all of these things we're doing. Um, but during one of the songs, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm saying, wow, this is so exciting. This is incredible, right? And here's the thing, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want to be down on baseball. It's exciting. But what Patty was just talking about and what we recall in the Stations of the Cross should have us so much more excited in life. The fact that our Lord came to be among us and to redeem us. I mean, what more is there to be excited about? So yay for the Cardinals, but even more so, praise God for the Paschal Mystery. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. A special thanks to Father Bill Peckman and uh, Crystalina Everett for being with us today. Tune in Wednesday. We're going to talk a little bit about being tired. I'm very tired of being tired, but I still want to be tired. Until then, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.